welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Richa Wahi is a storyteller at heart. She weaves captivating narratives that leave a lasting impact not only on hearts but also on businesses. Through the art of storytelling, she helps people tell better stories and win with narratives. She knew that she had a gift for writing stories when she won her first prize in a creative writing competition at school. She was called a master at spinning and weaving captivating tales. This somehow remained in her mind, and years later, when she thought of naming her storytelling company, it was aptly titled Tales That Spin. The idea behind the venture is to bring the focus back on storytelling and its impact on the content marketing strategy, as well as using its immense power to connect with your audiences in a meaningful manner. She attributes a lot of her abilities to her childhood spent in Delhi with her grandma, listening to pre-partition stories, narrated vividly and emotionally, where the emotional trauma got healed with every rendition. She is also the co-founder of a venture, Passion Project, which aims to create a safe space for conversations around topics which help us in breaking the shackles of limiting beliefs, conditioning, and help us embrace our authentic selves. The objective is to bring out more and more stories of people who continue to foster a love for their passion and somehow balance it along with the rigors of life. Hi, Richa. Welcome to Revolutionary Woman. How are you this afternoon by you? Absolutely fine, Tess. Uh, amazing uh, um, afternoon, and uh, I'm so happy to be a part of this uh, podcast, and so looking forward to it. Thank you. Same here. Thank you for coming by. Okay, so let's get moving. Um, so you grew up in Delhi. Uh, what was it like for you growing up in Delhi? Um. Uh, I have grown in different parts of Delhi and mm-hmm. um, I can say Delhi is a very cosmopolitan city. It's got uh, different flavors depending upon which part of Delhi you're in. Mm-hmm. So I've grown up uh, partly in North Delhi, a bit in Central Delhi, which is the old Delhi and uh, also, um, you know, then moved to South of Delhi. So every part has a very different flavor. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up was uh, definitely, uh, it was a roller coaster because uh, my stint as a storyteller, I think the seeds were laid uh, that time because uh, both my parents were working and I used to be home after school with my grandparents. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have uh, been uh, fed a lot of uh, pre-partition and post-partition stories by my grandparents who had mm-hmm. seen uh, the 1947 partition. And uh, my grandmother, I think, was a very uh, good storyteller because she used to infuse a lot of in, uh, vivid details and emotions so much so that I could actually imagine, um, you know, how mm. it was for her growing up in Lahore and Karachi and then how she moved to Delhi. So wow. I have grown up on stories uh, fed by her. I have... Uh, listen to a lot of uh, uh, things about uh, different places in India where she had been and I was yet to discover. Wow. So growing up was good uh, in the company of grandparents and parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, my stint for storytelling and writing, I would say, started then only. I was aged seven when I won my first prize in creative writing. Wow. And I was very happy and came home beaming with this certificate and all. So I think... I think the stage was set, mm-hmm. but of course, 
I embraced storytelling much later as a career. I mean, right. as late as 2021. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I thought that was, I, I read that you, um, that you've always loved reading from an early age yes. and that you won yes. your first creative writing competition, like you mentioned. Yes. What, do you yes. remember what you wrote about? Okay, so uh, the to- yes, I remember the topic. The topic was, uh, you know, something about, uh, you know, why, uh, how, how you can preserve nature and ah. what is it that human beings are not doing right. Huh. So I had written uh, that the earth is sick and the disease is mankind. This was the wow. title I wrote. And um, I was given the first prize uh, amongst all the, it was an inter-school, uh, inter-school or maybe inter, within intra-school competition, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, this was the title, I remember, because I had that story with me for the longest time. And That's the title amazing. was The Earth is Sick and the Disease is Mankind. Because, That's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, what's really um, interesting is that your grandparents definitely had an impact on how you yes. grew up. Um, now, were your parents creative as well, or were they were just busy working, you know, um, providing no, for you or so, family? So, so my dad had a mathematics background, and of ah. course, he was more with numbers. And my mom had done her majors in Sanskrit, uh, the language, uh, the mother of all languages, as they say. So she was uh, she was a trained classical singer, hmm. and. Um, Every time after work or sometimes in the evening, she used to sit with us and uh, she used to help us, you know, learn the nuances of music. So so that part of uh, creativity was uh, from her. I'm also very, very interested in music. And mm. from a very young age, I had also started training in music. But of course, I didn't pursue it much. Right. So, uh, but yes, the rigors of life uh, gave them very little time to pursue the creativity, pursue their passion. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you for that. Okay, so you are a business storyteller, but prior yes. to that, you were you received a master's in botany and a master's in human resource management. Management. Um, yes. First of all, yes. what attracted you to botany? Okay, so I was always biology was my uh, one of my favorite subjects, mm-hmm. and. Um, um, you know, uh, zoology meant all about animals and I didn't have a great penchant for animals. And those days, people who opted for zoology had to do a lot of dissections, you know. You have to dissect a frog, you have to dissect a rat or whatever. So I didn't like that part. So that's why I opted out of the two. I opted for botany, which was all about plants and genetics. And um, I had once read a story about how the double helical uh, structure of the DNA was discovered. You know, it's a very interesting story. I had read somewhere. So I think, uh, you know, all these things drew me to genetics and drew me to botany. I did my master's in botany Mm -hmm. and I had started uh, my MPhil in plant molecular biology. But uh, then I dropped out. uh, I somehow lost uh, interest in that and I just came out of it. I I think it's just so interesting because you went from botany to human resource management. And, you know, that's like quite not, you know, like far afield from each other. Um, Yes, yes. And so why human resource management? So I think, uh, uh, Tess, there is an uncanny similarity between biology and human resources. Hmm. I don't know. This may be my personal feeling, but I feel 
biologists have a lot of empathy because you deal with the the living organisms mm. and uh, you understand the nuances so i think uh, both the sciences uh, you know they they instill a lot of empathy because at the core of both is a living being you know mm-hmm. human resources is all about human resource mm-hmm. and biology of course inculcates all the living beings so I feel there's an uncanny similarity between them. Mm-hmm. I could draw parallels between them, right. and right. Uh, I started my career from genetics. Right, and uh, it was almost serendipity as to how I entered uh, the corporate because I was uh, teaching first in a school and then in a college, ah. and academics was my forte. But okay. then I really wanted to do something more than just uh, what I was doing. Right, and there was a chance meeting I had with one of the partners in a search firm when they were looking for somebody who could help them with the life sciences division of the recruitment mm-hmm. and i so happened to you know share my cv and the rest is that they hired mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and so from there the life sciences part uh, completely changed um, i started recruiting people in this branch uh, you mm-hmm. know people who were dealing with pharmacies or people who were dealing with the um, you know mm-hmm. medical devices mm-hmm. so that biology bit was helping me in understanding the terms um, written in their resumes and once i entered the, the search form i realized that a management degree is a must if you want to continue further so that's when i thought of doing my management uh, in human resources from xlri okay that's funny i never really you know, I never realized there was a parallel to that until you yeah. actually, yes. Um, yes, you know, explained that to me because yeah, it's true. You have to have empathy, and you have to, you know, be able to um, consider, you know, yes, um, the conditions of of yes plants yes. as well as people. You know, yes, um, yes. So yes. that's that's really interesting. Okay, so I read this quote that you wrote. Um, uh, and it says, in this age of influencer marketing, I felt that the simplicity of storytelling was somewhere lost. Hence, in this, yes. age, in this age of influencer marketing, content has become a commodity, a fast-selling one, mm. and hence our approach to content is somewhat changed. We are looking at stories that sell rather than authenticity. Hence, to bring yes. back the soul of stories, I ventured into a startup called, the Tales, called Tales That Spin. So what yeah. is Tales That Spin and what prompted you to create it? What is that about? So, um, uh, Tess, when I look around uh, right now, storytelling is the buzzword, the hot word, the mm-hmm. keyword. Right. I see a lot of profiles where people are adding. So see, human beings are storytellers by birth. We all are. We mm-hmm. are wired to tell stories, to listen stories. So that element is definitely there. Even the early man, Mm-hmm. Even before mm-hmm. he could speak, he had started drawing on the cave. You know, the cave paintings yeah. are uh, 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 the biggest, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, I mean, testament of the fact that human beings are wired to tell stories mm-hmm. and stories are something, you know, as they say, the universe is not made of atoms, but stories. Mm. We are made of stories. And when we leave the world, what we leave behind are stories as our legacy. Right. But when I look around, I see everything has changed from the marketing point of view. So mm. people are trying to sell stories or maybe tell stories which sell, as I would say. Mm-hmm. So I feel the the, the, the the prerequisite for a storyteller is the authenticity, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when I write a story, I never look 
at the audience and then write a story i feel every story will find its own audience hmm. there is a section of people who will completely resonate with it and there are people who will who will have no connection with it but that's all that's fine right so instead of looking for audience and then creating a story i feel we should have we should tell a story and you know it will find its audience on its own but when i look around i feel everything has become you know content creation right. we want to create content yeah. which will give us likes which will give us uh, visibility on the social media mm-hmm. so the soul of storytelling i found little missing in a lot of uh, us around and that's why i started uh, what i call tales that spin you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. so tales uh, means the stories which spin so spin as in they might not create numbers they might not create a revenue mm-hmm. but they're authentic right. and they will connect okay. they will find their own audience okay i love that um yes so I also read that you are also looking to create a safe space for midlife women to share and own their stories. Yes. Um, yes. And and is that when you created midlife? It, correct me if I'm saying this wrong. Kichti. Yes. Okay. Is it yes. midlife Kichti? Yes. Is that when you created yes. midlife Kichti? So what is what yes. is midlife Kichti? I I'll tell you. So Tess Kichri is a common uh, it's a term used for a recipe that is made in a lot of indian households which uh-huh. is basically a concoction of your pulses that's legumes and rice mm-hmm. along with a lot of vegetables it's mm-hmm. it's a very healthy preparation because it has uh, a lot of nutrients coming from your lentils your pulses your rice and your vegetables mm-hmm. it's uh, considered to be a complete meal Mm. So when I say mid- midlife kitchery is the name of my channel that I run on an audio platform called Menza mm-hmm. and the reason is that when I touched 40 and when I entered midlife uh, of course I feel uh, midlife the age is different for different people but generally we say you know 40 is the beginning of midlife mm-hmm. so when I, I when I celebrated my 40th birthday when I blew candles on that cake something internally started shifting and uh, the first thing was that i felt that i am a concoction of so many different experiences i am not what i used to be two decades before that was that is when i was in my 20 i was mm. very different when i was in my 30 i was very different right. so 40 was an awakening 40 was something which gave me a lot of freedom and self confidence i actually stopped bothering about what people would say or you know say uh, say behind my back on in front of me and i realized that this is one life you get this is your diy do it yourself so finally i thought let's take the reins of my life completely in my hands and do what i really want to do mm. you know let's let's unleash the passion right. and the first thing was to tell stories to write stories to connect with people and to listen to them Hmm. what they want to say because many a times we are surrounded by so many people but there is not a single soul who's ready to listen to you hmm. as i opened the doors of my office and my heart i realized that there were so many people willing to share so that's from there i got the idea of this channel so every monday 5 pm i go live with a topic mm-hmm. related to this life mm-hmm. and uh, we talk mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people who connect on that and they share mm-hmm. you know some who don't agree with what i'm saying some who agree with me but in any case conversation is happening and i right. i i love that that's yeah. really awesome um you know especially because the whole point of you starting this um conversation this midlife kitchen is 
to actually listen and and the yes. li- listening is so like it is it, it's becoming like a lost component you know when you're telling stories you know because people are 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 busy you know trying to telling telling and and not really like listening so i i'm glad that you actually brought that up because it is a huge part of of telling stories because how can you repeat that story right if you don't listen so absolutely I always uh, feel, uh, Tess, that before being a storyteller, becoming a storyteller, being mm-hmm. a story listener, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we need more listeners in the world than tellers. Right. And um, people really want to share, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I feel we can change the world one conversation at a time. And I think that is also the premise behind every podcast that's happening around the world. Because mm-hmm. what we are doing is we are sharing, we right. are conversing. Right. And uh, whosoever is listening to us is somehow gathering a lot of hope and courage. Right. And that is why I feel stories have an uncanny power to heal you Hmm. some way or the other. I love that. And I I never really thought of that because it's true. You're sharing, you know, your point of view as as well as somebody else's, but there's the sharing component that is important. I'll I'll give you a small example here. I'm sorry I'm, if I'm digressing, no, no, but no. I'd like to share an example. Mm-hmm. I truly believe in what Brené Brown talks about vulnerability and shame. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the other day, one of my niece, she came home from school saying that, you know, she has been booed by her peers because she's got her hair very short and, mm. you know, she was feeling very miserable because especially when you get this shaming from your own peer circle, mm-hmm. you feel bad and she was almost in tears. So what we did as adults is we sat her down and we told her that, okay, when I was young, you know, when I was, say, nine years of age, I had uh, my front tooth broken. Mm. And for the next two days, you know, all my friends were, you know, kind of shaming me. But Mm. then one of my very good friends who was my best buddy that time, she uh, told them all to silence up and then, you know, she she gave a little small pep talk and mm-hmm. she sat with me and she says, it's okay, this too shall pass, you know, you'll eventually grow a new tooth and this will be okay. So what we did was to lessen the shame, we shared our own personal story that we also faced this when we were young, when right. we were in school, we were also shame. So within the next 10 minutes, the shame was gone, the trauma was partly decreased and she was okay. Mm. So that day I realized that this is the power of story sharing and this is something which can really, really change the world. Yeah. Heal the world, as I always say. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. And and what a way to really make your niece feel like, you know, okay, this yes. too shall pass and, and you know, I'm not the yes. only one who's gone through it. So, you know, it's so hard, especially when your peers are like, you know, they're bullying you or or. Yeah, not yes, making you feel. You down or, yeah, yeah, not, not making you feel, feel like exactly. So, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so, yeah. when did you realize that you needed to create tales that spin? You know, as well as um, the other, as well as midlife kitchdi. So I feel, uh, Tess, as they say, every cloud has a silver lining. Mm-hmm. This cloud in my life was COVID. When COVID struck in uh, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, we all were supposed to be sitting indoors doing nothing. Mm. But the mind is always working and at times it works overtime. Right. So I got a lot of time 
to talk because we were all very uh, grief struck what has happened what is going to happen so we were all talking to each other a lot because mm-hmm. that was also possibly the only thing we could do right and uh, as i was talking and listening and reading a lot those days with all the free time i had i thought of uh, you know starting something of my own wherein i'll do things my way Mm-hmm. right or wrong i don't care right. but i'll be doing things which i always wanted to do which will unleash the passion i have and eventually i'll create something which mm-hmm. is not following any framework of the society right i don't care about the numbers i don't care whether it's a failure or a success mm-hmm. but for me starting something was the biggest uh, thing that moment mm. so i so, so so actually covid's had sown the seeds for both tales that's been mm. and menza uh, so i connected with somebody on menza and he told me that why don't you start a channel of your own for ah. a, with a topic which is very close to your heart so i said the only topic right now which is very close to my heart is the conversation about midlife because nobody is doing that mm-hmm. so we're talking about adults we're talking about children a lot we're talking about oldies but this this one uh, age group where mm-hmm. we're not talking about anybody is the midlife mm-hmm. and let me tell you i always believe 40 is not the new 20 because 20 is not something i'm very proud of 40 something i'm terribly proud of wow so mm-hmm. i thought and i also got a chance to connect with eleanor mills and read what she was doing in uk where she's building a big midlife community hmm. so i read a lot of posts from her and that's when this idea came to me that why not do something similar here because yeah we yeah. have a big population of midlifers here right and uh, very right. recently i have also co-founded uh something called a passion project so mm. it's another venture which we are building i'm building it along with my partner mm-hmm. where we are trying to create a safe space or a community for people to unleash their passion share mm. their story about how they are balancing things in life mm. work and passion and uh, this is uh, age agnostic this is not just for midlifers but basically right. for anybody who right. wants to talk and who wants to share their uh, things right. and we are doing some audio events we plan to go offline very soon with a lot of events uh, happening okay. so that's another thing which i've recently started it's called passion project right and wow. you will see a lot more happening on this space very very soon i love it and it's funny you know um i think it's really cool because midlife Uh, you know midlife i mean it's always been there but i think it's it's having a a uh, a huge boost right now you know with yes. midlife and i mean one of the women i had on my show had created a um an organization a travel organization geared towards women solo midlifers. solo travels solo who travelers. were who were also in their midlifes you know and i love yes. that because it's really like showing the world that you know what we're not dead <laughs> you know it's like we still have life we yes. still have a lot to contribute see, and a lot to see and 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 to share right. so that's yes. really awesome and i love that you're you're It, you're continuing to to um to give i mean not to be but you give you yes, continue to give to it give. back to the society yes it's exactly. a, it's a very different uh, age group you have mm-hmm. aging parents you have growing yes. teenage children who shut the door on your face <laughs> you yeah. have yeah yeah a spouse who's been you've been handling him and he's been handling you you mm-hmm. have a career 
yeah. which you've given a lot of your hard heat and sweat and uh, time right. but somewhere a lot of us want to do something which we have never done yes. we want to start something we want to start a second career a third career maybe a fourth one right yeah we are growing old the body is changing the hormones are fluctuating but there is this confidence uh, that we have mm-hmm. because now we don't we really don't bother about what people will say mm-hmm. we are more bothered about things we want to do so yeah. as you rightly said you see a lot of midlifers taking solo vacations you mm-hmm. see a lot of, a lot of midlifers starting their uh, different uh, projects things mm-hmm. which they always wanted to do right you see a lot of midlifers hitting the gym and taking mm. charge of their body and their health yeah. so so this is such a beautiful age because the confidence that you have after spending two decades of listening to what the society says the parents says this says that says you feel now you're on your own you know yeah. i feel midlife is like sitting in a hot air balloon in cappadocia oh, and just it. sailing you know I and love seeing that. the frontiers which you'd ne- never seen huh that's so cool and you know you're so right because when i started this podcast it was during the pandemic and you know i didn't even like think like you know so what if it fails or what and, and i just wanted no. to do this i just wanted to to create something that i would have meaningful conversations with women you know and and really talk about what they're passionate about and why they do what they do and why they they want to continue you know um and it's been amazing you know you were talking about like you know um when you created this you weren't worried about numbers or likes or whatever and i felt the same and i still feel that way you know because for yes. me it's all about the mm-hmm. conversation it's all about sharing yes. um yes. and if i if i didn't follow that then you know then i'm not doing what i really want to do right so this is your this is your heartfelt thing and yeah. i i always believe things which we begin or commence with our hearts in it they never mm-hmm. fail mm-hmm. they never fail yeah. so i feel uh, if your heart's at the right place in something it's 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 going to soar right. maybe a little later maybe a little early but yeah. it will soar and i always feel every story has its own audience we mm-hmm. don't have to go looking for it it finds its own audience exactly so what yeah. you're doing is incredible incredible thank you well it's so are you <laughs> like i think i and and i've seen you. you know like part of um i've i've seen your posts on linkedin and it's been amazing to see what you're creating thank so, you so thank much. you for that thank you so much um okay so who would you credit for where you are now i would say everybody mm. you know so so uh, okay again i'll digress but you know in korean uh, folklore there is something called inyen mm-hmm. now this inyen means that anybody even if somebody in the marketplace he rubs a shoulder with you you know while mm-hmm. walking mm-hmm. has some layer of relationship between you in some past life mm. so for me also i will say this inyen with a lot of people not just the ones who are closest to me like mm-hmm. my parents my teachers my peers my spouse my child mm-hmm. but sometimes you know as um, odd as my uber cab driver you know mm. he told me something which stuck in my head and it gave me a perspective and it gave me a uh, a look about 
how different life is for this person and what are the challenges he's facing mm-hmm. and sometimes you know they'll say something which will remain in your head spin in your head and there you have a story right so everybody you know right from even even i would say covid covid was one of the biggest uh, teacher for me mm. because it taught me and not just me it taught all of us a lot many things starting from gratefulness to living in the moment present to you know a lot many things so i would say every experience of life every individual right from my parents teachers peers friends spouse child to people who are total strangers but they say certain things which which kind of give me a point of view mm-hmm. i'm thankful to them i'm thankful to the universe and the almighty mm-hmm. and even uh, a lot of uh, gratitude i have for my most humble beginnings right from the childhood when we just had one scooter as a family uh, you know thing to ride on mm-hmm. to buying our first car which was a second hand uh, fiat mm. um about a green colored second hand fiat to uh you know buying my first ultra luxury car so every mm-hmm. experience every thing every humble beginning um i've had mm-hmm. it's taught me a lot and it's made me what i am today yeah yeah and and i yeah. think we keep growing you know i don't think we ever stop yes. um yes. you know yes. a- until we're no longer here you know like and i think everyone has a different path everyone has but i also feel yeah. um i'm i have a lot of gratitude for linkedin because linkedin is actually my canvas mm. linkedin has given me that place to share my stories otherwise where could have i found all the audience mm-hmm. so linkedin mm-hmm. is my canvas and i'm so thankful to this platform mm. because it's made me connect with so many people i started with a few hundred and now i have 4000 or 4200 plus followers wow. and uh, whenever i write something i get so many dms that okay this i i still remember one of the stories i wrote so somebody uh, commented that this story felt like a peaceful holiday south goan holiday as if i'm sitting on a beach and sipping a martini you know mm. it was that calming i love so it. you know these these things uh, give you not only encouragement mm-hmm. but you you sleep peacefully at night that you know you wrote something which actually healed somebody you know it gave him yeah. calm so yeah. in the middle of the chaos yeah so, and so, that's so, yeah. and that, that's all you know that's all that's really that's all that matters that's all that matters um and i love that because you really you know by um by putting out your heart out there and telling your story yeah. you know somewhere in the world there's always there's always one at least one who can resonate right so i think i think yes that's the reason we are talking today it's yeah. the linkedin <laughs> and the stories which has connected us yeah so yeah. yes i know and it's funny because when i was looking linkedin for sure is has been a huge mm-hmm. help for me you know so yes. um uh, you know i definitely i'm grateful to my friends and women LinkedIn. who i've con- you know, who i've connected with you know not through linkedin yes. but other channels but linkedin other yeah channels. i mean there's other like yeah. there are so many women out there that have these incredible stories and when i've reached out it's been amazing you know so i i really am thankful that um linkedin exists you know um yes. because you have a global network that you would yes. not otherwise have so um okay so going forward is there anything else that you'd like to um create somewhere down the line 
definitely, there are a lot of things on the card, uh, Tess. But to start with, I want to create. Uh, I want to create a community of uh, people, as mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. midlifers and beyond, uh, people who want to pursue their passions. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the challenges uh, and the uncomfortable questions which nobody has asked or answered. I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the grassroots level challenges which people face. I want to talk about how uh, you know how how we can build up something uh, together mm-hmm. as a community as um, with the support of others. Mm-hmm. I want to start a lot of uh, workshops mm-hmm. using storytelling as a skill, which is beyond and above the content creation part of it, which is pure storytelling. Right. So, yeah. Lot of things are there in my mind, and I see myself doing them in years to come. I love it. And of course, I want to compile all my stories into a book mm-hmm. very, very soon, mm-hmm. which talks about uh, my humble upbringing in uh, Delhi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about the Delhi of the nineties. Mm-hmm. I talk about uh, Delhi of today. I talk about my childhood, uh, and a lot of people who are in my age group. Are able to resonate. So all my all my stories that I've written so far, I want to compile them into a book, mm. and uh, I hope it does well. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's really awesome. Good luck with that. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if anyone wanted to anyone wanted to know more about you and tales that spin, how would they go about it? So the best way to reach me is through LinkedIn. Okay. I'm very very active. I'm almost always on linkedin thanks to the easy app they have mm-hmm. i'm also available on instagram because that's another social media platform i want to use mm-hmm. and um, and the email okay. so my instagram handle is kprk that is c a p r i r k and uh, linkedin of course is richawahi so i think the easiest to uh, to reach to me is through linkedin mm-hmm. and i'll be uh, talking to you in the next 5 minutes or so because i'm very very active there awesome Okay. Yeah. Um is there anything you would like to say to my listeners? Um I just want to say that um you know one thing which I've learned from my own experience starting from nobody or as they say we're all a tiny speck in the universe yes we all are that. Mm-hmm. But um and we I've, I've had very humble simple beginnings. There were times when um you know when I look back I think who would have thought that you know today i would be doing this much i'll be writing stories or i'll be talking to people there were times when i was uh, stuttering there was time there were times when i was very underconfident mm. when i was shy even going on stage and reciting a poem mm-hmm. um i feel to anyone who's listening i would say everything works out if you don't give up on yourself mm. so wake up every morning with a childlike belief with a childlike innocence that I'm the best and I know and it will work out for me. Mhm. And uh, the universe always favors a brave heart. People mm-hmm. who don't give up on themselves no matter the whole world gives up on you. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Just don't give up on yourself. Keep mm-hmm. walking, keep floating. You know, at times I feel my journey is like I'm rowing. I'm a solitary a person rowing a boat. Mhm. I don't know where will I go, but I know somewhere I'll reach and hit an island. and that island i'll call my home so so keep rowing keep floating don't worry what anybody has to say there would be people who would just gaze at you there would be people who give you wrong directions there mm-hmm. would be people who would not mm-hmm. give you any direction right but it's okay just yeah. have faith in yourself awesome yeah 
if you if, if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? About myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have definitely tried to get uh, more education and that too from some Ivy League outside mm. India because uh, one thing which I really miss is the cultural intelligence which you gain when you mix with people from different cultures. Mm-hmm. That that really, really shapes you up. Mm-hmm. So I would have definitely uh, gone out mm-hmm. and studied at a place where I have people amalgamating from different cultures. Mm-hmm. And I feel that would have really, really helped me. And that is, of course, on my bucket list to do that one day I will be sitting in some far-flung university talking to a very different group of people, sharing with them, taking class notes with them and learning mm-hmm. something absolutely new. Just like Steve Jobs had enrolled himself in calligraphy and years later, when they were designing the Apple uh, logo, mm-hmm. that calligraphy knowledge came handy. So I oh. really want to learn something totally different, totally right. unheard of, right. with a total new group of people. And that is what will bring the zing back. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. how how you try a very different cuisine for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. All the taste buds and all the energy comes rushing into your mouth. Mm. That feeling is awesome. And I, I want to do that. So awesome. I'll do that someday. Awesome. Yes. My last question is, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? So I would say don't listen to others and do what you really feel like. Pick up the courses, pick up the things which you feel most confident about, whether Mm -hmm. they are the ones which are suggested by the society or your parents. Uh, just, Just do a check with yourself. And indulge in something, and don't be don't be underconfident. Don't depend on, completely depend on others for advice. Listen to your gut. Listen to yourself, and take those uncomfortable decisions mm-hmm. because that'll pay you in the long run. It may seem wrong at that moment. It may seem like a total detour, mm-hmm. but let me tell you, that will pay in the long run if you are com- confident about it. That yes, you can crack it. I so. The the wisdom that dawned on me in 40 uh, could have dawned on me in 20 if I had been confident and courageous enough. So have courage. Mm-hmm. Uh, have courage with some sense also. Blind courage is no, no longer required. Mm-hmm. But have the courage to, you know, take those uh, uncomfortable decisions and uh, stick with them. Have faith in yourself. I love it. Well, Risha, thank you so much for sharing your life and your stories with me. Um, I think it's it's so wonderful that, you know, your passion for writing from an early age has really blossomed into, like, these initiatives that you created and continue to create because it's really, um, it's waking up a whole generation of midlifers, you know, Um, and it's really... um, opening up the conversations that, like you said, are uncomfortable that we ne- that we never really talk about. Um, and it's a great way to really connect with others. So thank you for that. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, thank you Tess, for this platform where I could share my vision, my stories. Thank mm. you for listening to me. And it was it. lovely connecting with you. Same here. And good luck with the book. Please let me know when you decide to do that. I would love to have you back when when it's out. Definitely. Definitely. Thank you. Okay. Well, with that, have a great day and I'll talk to you soon.
Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Grateful. You're welcome. Bye-bye. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Richa Wahi on RevWoman.com. I will be taking a break for Thanksgiving and the holidays, but I will be back in January to highlight more revolutionary women. Have a great few months, and thank you for listening. You can listen to Revolutionary Women on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman.